You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Welcome back to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. My guest again, and for the rest of the week, is Sean Hampton. So, Sean, welcome. Welcome. So, Sean's our recovery pastor at Carterville, and we are super glad to have him. And God is blessing uh, our recovery ministry. We're super excited. And so we're, we're introducing the church uh, to how recovery ministry works, how it's good Christian discipleship. And today, we're going to introduce a fundamental piece of the recovery process. We're going to talk about the 12 steps. Now, just a little personal testimony. As a, as a young person growing up, I'd always heard about the 12 steps, and I never slowed down to pay attention to what they were. I just, I just knew how to say there were, there were 12 steps. And then as a, as a youth minister and then later as a pastor, as I began to walk with brothers and sisters through their 12 steps and, and really in, engage in their journey of recovery, man, I developed a huge respect, a great appreciation for the 12 steps. And so today we're going to walk through them, and I hope that the rest of our church family and all of our friends in the Pine Belt who listen in will be blessed in the same way that I was when they understand, maybe some of them for the first time, really what the 12 steps are and and how they work. So Sean, thanks for coming to lend some expertise and walk us through the 12 steps. Not a problem. So the 12 steps are kind of overwhelming, um, taken all at once. And I think right. it'd be wise for us to break them, break them down. Like, for example, the first three steps, you know, they're, they're more or less about us surrendering our will to God. Will you walk us through the first three steps, Sean? Yes. And, and, and just kind of an overview real quick. The, to me, we talked about our biggest problem is the fact that we haven't been loved well. We don't love others. Right. And we are not able to connect with God's love yep. in real ways. And because um, if we were loved well, if we were connected with God's love well, and we loved others well, man, what a life that would be. It'd almost be like we'd have the abundant life right. that Christ promised us. And the 12 steps are a process and a pathway of understanding Christ's the love principles in our life. Awesome. And it starts with, and it has to, start with our connection with God, connecting with the love of Christ in our life. And that's the first one is understanding that we are powerless, which really means I'm not God, which I think is a big problem in my life, has been, and I think a lot of others, that we want to try to be God. Uh, so we admit that we are powerless, that we are not God. And the next one is, as we come to believe that there is a power greater than ourselves, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. And then we make that decision to, to, uh, to make that decision that Christ is our Lord and Savior. I love the third step, surrender, you know, that we surrender our will, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, for us, we right. surrender our will to Christ, which to me is like, I, Sean, I may be overplaying this a little bit, but for an unbeliever who comes into the rooms of recovery and walks through the 12 steps, it's almost like the first three steps, man, that is an entry to salvation. I mean, mm-hmm. it's opening the door to the gospel of Jesus. You know, you look up and you say, all right, I can't fix this. Listen, I have, I have done everything in my power for the last 10 years. And where's and, that guy? Yes, that's right. <laughs> that, that's right. And, and I'm still stuck and angry and frustrated and broken. You know? And so I, apparently it's not working. And then here comes somebody with the gospel that says, you know, there's somebody out there bigger than you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Spirit of God can help you. And you, you look up to heaven and you say, all right, I recognize that. And I'm ready for your help. I, I'm, I'm done 
saying no. And so third step, I surrender my will to you. I'm going to be honest with you, as a, even as a pastor, like in, in invitations or sharing the gospel or even home visits, sharing the gospel and evangelism around the community, like understanding that the first three steps of the 12-step process has brought great clarity mm-hmm. to me in evangelism. Because really in salvation, what we're asking a person to do is more than inviting Jesus in their heart. We, we use that language a lot as if, you know, Jesus comes in and warms our heart up. We feel a little bit better. Not exactly what the New Testament presents. I mean, right. you know, Paul says that we are to, to declare that Jesus is our Lord. Mm-hmm. And for me, the language of I'm surrendering my will to the will of God that, that to me is gospel language. Like mm-hmm. that is, a, that's a moment of salvation in crystal clarity. And so it looks to me that if somebody really walks through the 12 steps, like the front door, the first three steps is just recognizing a need for God and, and giving your life to him. I love it. Yep. And even um, the first step about our power, powerlessness, that's 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where we boast right about our weaknesses right so that Christ's power may rest on us. I, I remember I made a, a big time rookie mistake in my opinion. Um, Years and years and years ago with uh, somebody that I love very much from our church family. Was, we were walking through an addiction with them and recovery with them. And, um, and, and they, you know, they, they finished rehab and, you know, they were, they were trying to live a life of sobriety. And, you know, Lynn's and I were trying to encourage. And, and I remember looking at my friend and saying, you know, we're walking through the 12 steps. I love the 12 steps. I had a very novice understanding at that, t- that point of the 12 steps. And I said, but you know what? You're a believer already. So step one, two, three, you've already got that. You're ready for step four. I was so wrong because while it's true that you've already, you've already figured out who your higher power is, that's very different than you really come into an understanding that your way hasn't worked. Are you ready to surrender to him already? And it's not only that. For me and my experience in walking people through the 12 steps, I've come to realize that really and truly, the Christians are the ones that have the hardest time working through the first three because so many Christians have just accepted what other people have told them and they're actually living out their parents' faith, their pastor's faith. Oh, good word. And for me, this is an opportunity to make this faith, God's will, your own. Your own. Yeah. And take it and, and personalize it. And until it's your own, you're living out somebody else's faith, and, you, and and that's just not healthy. You know, I see, I can see how that would be difficult for a believer because mm-hmm. you know you've grown up in church, you're kind of inoculated to the gospel, and you just you're tempted to look up and say, "I already understand that part." And it's one thing to understand it with your mind, but it's another thing to understand it by personal experience to yeah. really work through it and own that. And you know what? I'm just going to say as a pastor, man, that I believe that's a good work of the Holy Spirit that a believer who looks up and says. I know my Heavenly Father, and I'm ready to know Him more deeply, mm-hmm. that God would pour out His Spirit and help that believer walk through steps one, two, three in a way that would, that would change them. All right, so, so Sean, four, five, six, seven. Wow, <laughs> the first time that I moved through those steps in the 12 steps, it blew me away. Yeah. I, I thought, are you serious? Yeah. So walk us through the next four steps where we're really taking a look, a hard look into our own soul. And this is where, I mean, you grow up, you take responsibility for your life in a way that a lot of people are not ready for. But walk us through the next step. Right. So now, now through the help of our sponsor and account- accountability group, right? and they've walked us through this process and allowed us to get our connection with the Holy God down in a real way through the first three. Now God says, okay, it's time to start doing the heart surgery. 
and you start off with step four, you make a, a fearless, and as the fearless word is there for a reason, right. fearless and searching moral inventory. What, what is a fearless and searching moral inventory? What does that look like for people? <sighs> it, it's really going through a process of laying out all your hurts, habits, and hangups from your entire life. And for me, I'll just be honest, until I did this, I truly didn't understand the blood of Christ in real ways. Right. This allowed me to understand what Christ did on the cross for me in very, very real ways. Because until I did this, I always had something in the back of my mind that I wouldn't, I didn't want to acknowledge, I didn't want to believe, and I didn't want others to know. But, you know, so, right. so once I laid that all on paper, and then step five, confess that to another person. Oh, wow. <laughs> and God and myself. So, so it I, makes it very real. And all of a sudden, the blood of Christ is just like, whoa, okay, now that's what he saved me from. All of that. I, I just, I just want to make this super concrete. Like I remember walking with a brother of mine who, um, not my, not my, one of my real brothers. I don't want people calling Jim and calling Kurt, but like a, a, mm-hmm. a spiritual brother, a Christian brother, who was recovering from um, addiction to alcohol, and he was explaining his journey through the twelve steps, and like literally that searching, that fearless and searching moral inventory. Like he's taken out a yellow legal pad. And he is writing down his sins. Like, he is writing down, you know, I I stole my grandmother's necklace. I lied to my father. He he started walking through all the things that he had done to hurt other people. And I know in the gospel, we understand that we're, we're, you know, on the one hand, we're dearly loved and treasured by God. But we're also sinful, broken people. We're we're depraved. We're all sinners Mm -hmm. in need of a Savior. And we say that we understand the grace of God. We understand that we didn't deserve it. But, boy, if anybody would sit down and work out a fearless, searching, moral inventory. I think the result is you look up and say, and God still loved me and saved me. Amen. I mean, just pouring out the the gratitude. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's walking me through this step, and he said, so you're riding out on this. For him, it was a yellow legal pad. Uh You know, all the things that you had done wrong. Shameful, shameful Mm -hmm. things. And then... In but it's com- not until they are exposed to the light of Christ yeah. that they can be healed. And so you sit down with, your, with, with somebody that you trust, with a sponsor, mm-hmm. and uh, you and you work you work out, you confess. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, why is, why is there so much freedom in that moment of confession, in that fifth step? It's 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 a final. You're not alone, because I think so, for so many people, the sins that they're hiding in darkness, you're actually hiding parts of yourself from yourself trying to hide it from God and you're hiding it from others in your life and you're finally getting that out there and it's the most freeing thing you'll ever do um, and it, it's just unexplainable in some you ways. know it just you know, just gospel life here I mean just just pastorally speaking man walking with a church family as a shepherd um, I think when we feel the weight and the guilt of our sin we know that biblically like the the step towards healing is repentance mm-hmm. and confession but confession's scary to people. Oh, and but it's so biblical. Absolutely, and I think there's I think there's so much freedom in confession. But we're so afraid that we mm-hmm. we choose to live with a lie and almost be imprisoned by our guilt and our shame. Not almost. Uh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> and we are. We're imprisoned by that. By and the I can lies. I can only imagine that fifth step when you're when you're confessing to somebody that 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 cares for you and re, and that you can respect and you get all of that out. And realize that you're not alone and that you are still loved and you are still embraced. So, And you're deemed acceptable. Amazing. Well, listen, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. So we're halfway. We're only, we're only halfway. Um, Sean's going to join me again tomorrow, and we're going to wrap up the rest of the 12 steps. And when you're done with this, 
uh, I hope that we'll have a very healthy understanding of the 12 steps of recovery. I, I have been super blessed already, and I would imagine, Sean, that this episode today, even for believers who are just tuning in to say, I just want to understand more. I think if you're listening, like really paying attention, you're walking through these 12 steps so far, and you would say, wow, I understand why this is discipleship. I, that's healthy for me. All right, well, thanks for being with us, Sean. I'll see you again tomorrow. Sounds great. Right.